1: Atlanta, what's going on? It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, Hey,
2: man!
1: Glad to have you listening on a Tuesday after a long Memorial Day weekend. Mike Bell, how was your weekend, man? You recovered? Yeah, man. It was a hard-charging weekend with my father-in-law, and
2: he's a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Uh, yeah, we up to the Indy 500, which stops at the Corvette Museum, Jim Beam, Maker's Mark, Louisville, and then on to Indy. So, yeah, we packed a lot into about 48 hours,
1: man. You, uh, It seemed like you had a great time. The race was well-attended. I know they were talking about that. And then, you know, it was just a great weekend all around. Weather-wise, no matter if you were uh, head to the beach, the lake, if you were outside doing something outside, it was a great weekend to do it. And, of course, honoring Memorial Day of the folks, men and women, who have given their lives for our country. So, great weekend, man. We got a lot to ch- chop up, a lot to get into this afternoon. And, Mike, we got to start with these Braves because when we huh. left last week, we said, oh, well, we'll go to Arizona. You know, we'll handle business. All right. Um, last night was so frustrating. Yesterday was so frustrating watching these Braves. But I got to ask you something. Do you think Strider is a starter? Because I do not. I'm going to tell you straight out. I don't mm. think he's a starter. Do you? I
2: was. I'm. You know how I'd like to see that big time. You know, closer throwing the hundred mile an hour gas that you know every you want. That not everybody has, but a guy like Hater for the uh, for the Brewers. I was kind of pushing that narrative. Let's see what he can do as a starter. And I don't think he's defined by one starter. But you do need more than two pitches if you're going to be a starter. You know, two, you need three effective pitches if you're going to do that. So where is he in his development? How do they evaluate that between Cranick and uh, and Sticker and company and Al- obviously Alex Anthopoulos? But uh, small sample size, but the guy throws obviously heat. But unless you can vary it, you know, still major league hitters are going to tee off on it. But I- I'm still not I- I'm still
1: not sold against the idea, Carl, of him having a few more starts. Yeah, he got his first major league start, um, and and again yesterday it wasn't necessarily his fault, right? We got bad defense again. When are we going to start playing good defense, Braves? When are we going to catch balls we need to catch? When? we're going to make plays we need to make but strider in 11 relief appearances mike has a 2.2 era so he's second in the league in strikeouts when you talk about out of the pen 37 Mm. innings uh you know in 24 and a third innings of of pitching should i say he's got 37 strikeouts my deal with strider i know a lot of people are saying is oh it looks like a starter, he looks like a starter i would love to have him come out of the bullpen you've said this and I right. think that's the best role. The reason why he's starting is because he's been forced to. Our fifth and our fourth and fifth starters have sucked. They have not been good. We've lost two of the last ten games when that fourth and fifth guy has pitched. So we have not gotten the starts we've needed. And therefore, he's been pressed in the service. But I don't want to see Strider as a guy that, that, that is, is going to be a starter. I want to see that guy come in, as you said, and finish games for us at some point.
2: Right. You know, the, uh, the errors, as you said, some of the things are beyond the control of the pitcher. Uh, there you go. He, he, the one thing we all can agree on, the guy has got some talent. It's just about how are the, how are the Braves going to harness that talent most effectively? I think at the end of the day, even though they're making big money, and, and Will Smith's still got a pretty good-sized contract, I would think most Braves fans would like to see him as your closer. And, and he'll be your next Craig Kimbrell. And then, you know, with all due respect to, uh, you know, guys that throw off-speed stuff like Will Smith does, which you can still be effective. You don't have to be, you know, throwing BBs to be a closer. But I think if he can develop uh, that repertoire, because as we always say, I mean, Rivera, Mariano Rivera threw like one pitch, right? It was a cutter. But I still, most Braves fans, I think his his destiny lies as a relief pitcher, as your closer. But I think in the meantime, we can use him as a Swiss Army knife, especially in a season where everything's so haywire.
1: Well, and that's probably why he's going to continue to be in the rotation. I don't like it. I I just don't think that's what he's going to be best at for us. But I think Snicker doesn't have a choice. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And, Mike, I totally agree with you. When I watch Strider, I think about a young Roger Clemens who could throw high 90s. Mm-hmm. And had another chain had had another pitch, and then he developed his his out pitch, which ultimately became a, a slider, or should I say a changeup? And then he became dangerous because now those two pitches coming at you look the same, and then one whoop drops out, the other one goes right past you. I agree with you about his pitches. I think that's going to come as he continues to get more experience. I love Strider, but I know this was a big topic of conversation over the weekend. Oh, he's got to be our fifth starter. Slow down. I I wish some other guys would step up on this team, Mike, and do their jobs, as you like to say, but we haven't seen that. So you're seeing guys get called up like Harris. You're seeing guys Mm -hmm. like Strider getting thrown into the mix because they don't have a choice. They need something.
2: Yeah, I know that uh, th- this Braves season just continues to be exactly like last year's Braves season, save for some of the injuries. Uh, last year it was Darno, this case is Rosario. I mean, Acuna's there. Acuna, by the way, by, oh boy, getting picked off first, Carl? I mean, you know, I look—he's our boy, and he obviously is always, you know, all gas, no pedal. But sometimes he's got to have a little more brain power, and he's
1: out there too. Well, these dumb mistakes, Mike. I mean, come on, on both sides, offense and defense continue to plague this team. You had a mishap in the outfield early in this game. Marcelo Zuna, again, it wasn't about effort, but we know this—he he doesn't make great plays out there. And then when you miss that ball, it extends the inning. Strider has to throw more pitches. And then ultimately, you get the three-run home run, which gives them the lead. And then later on, you had the double play, make the play,
2: Matt Olson. Yeah, you can't drop. You there's no way you can drop it. We're going to play the uh, the the, the uh, post game in the sound. He he uh, owned it, but that's just
1: something that cannot happen at that level. Well, he's a Gold Glove guy coming over to the Braves, right? Eighteen, nineteen. It seems like forever ago, but these were the comparisons we heard with Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson. Oh, he's Gold Glove. Oh, he's a 300 hitter. Oh, he's 30 home run guy. Here's the problem, and I'm not piling on Matt Olson, but guys, we are here for a reason. We don't hit, we strike out, we don't score runs, and we make mistakes in the field. It's simple. Baseball's not that hard. And if you're going to go, well, why are we nine and a half games behind the Mets? That's why. We don't hit, we don't score runs, we strike out too much, and we mess up in the outfield, Mike. And, and if you can correct those things, which we did last year, then we could possibly make a run. But, Mike, we're making way too many mistakes.
2: And it's funny, though, Carl, on the same day where, obviously, Olsen does a real stupid move, uh, Freddie has an error which hurts the Dodgers, and they lose to the Pirates 6-5. So <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're looking for comparative you know, effort from our former first baseman with our present first baseman, Freddie also had a screw-up at first base. So, I mean, it is what it is. But Olsen, you, like, you, you see this guy as a big-time star. It's a terrible mistake. But when things are – one step forward, two steps back, which is exactly why the Braves continue to just not be able to get to 500. Things like this continue to crop up.
1: Yeah, Olson. By the way, if you're wondering, was that big of a deal? Yeah, it was a ending. It was a, a inning inning double play. If we make the play, we get out of the fifth. Yep. Who knows what happens? Those mistakes crush you. Here's what he said, by the way, about the uh, mishap.
3: It's a scenario where uh, you know could be happening, one run down, uh, make Dylan throw some extra pitches. Uh, You know, it's frustrating. (laughs) Uh, Just tried to go get the ball a little too quick. Was trying to, uh, you know, go get it and make it a a double play and uh, just uh, went out and tried to get it a little too quick and tipped off the the edge of the glove.
1: It happens. The problem is it's happening too much Mm -hmm. with this team right now. And these mistakes are piling up, and then we get down in games. And do you guys realize this, Braves fans? We are last in the majors with runners in scoring position. Mm. On bases, 290 with runners in scoring position. We don't get guys home. So these things have to change. And you're going to say, well, do we have enough time? Yes, we do. But, Mike, we're going to get to July 1st here pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. We're going to get to the tra- – uh, not the trade deadline, but the all-star break. And all of a sudden, we're going to be looking at this team, and if we're 9 and a half, 11 out, 12 out – what are you saying, then? Well, that's just it. I mean, the Mets, despite all the issues
2: and injuries they've had to deal with, just went four in a row, okay? And to Carl's point, the Braves are in second place, nine and a half back. And at some point, you're going to say, adios, division. Look, it, the, the benchmark for me is always the 78 Yankees. 14 and a half is, is, is the name of the game for me, Carl. Once we get to that level, there's no coming back, because that's one of the greatest comebacks of all time. Braves did it, obviously, worse the first. But I'm just saying... You may at some point just concede you're not going to win your fifth division title, and you may have to do it through uh, the playoffs and the wild card, which is not ideal. So there's still a lot of baseball to be played, only three games under 500, but still a lot of things that are just driving Braves fans nuts because they happen every single night. If it's not one thing, it literally is the other.
1: 404 741 uh, That's the number. That is also our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Find us on social media, guys. He's Mike Bell, A-T-L. I'm at put Him up See Dukes, this radio show. Dukes and Bell, 929, and follow the radio station at 929 The Game. Stay up on everything that's going on. We're on the gram as well and at all other social media platforms. Um, as we talk about the weekend, one of the things the Braves did, and I think it got a lot of people excited, and rightfully so, was the Braves call up their number one prospect. Now, Is Michael Harris ready for the moment? Is he going to live up to the moment? Like, for example, Ronald Acuna, when he got called up and we said, oh, Mm -hmm. is he really this good? This is a five-tool guy. And as I talked to some people in the organization this weekend, they told me, Mike, he's legit. It's going to take a little time for maybe us to see the home run power, but Michael Harris is going to get his shot. And you don't do this, Mike, by just passing up Triple A by chance. This guy can flat out play, but -hmm. it's gonna take a little time. So I don't wanna rush the expectations of what. He's going to be and his impact to what this this is going to be for the team.
2: But you've covered baseball for so long, and I think sometimes people feel that, you know, tr- sometimes AAA is kind of like a holding pen. You know, <laughs> it's like it's not it, – it's the guys that are – like, you know, in the case of the Braves, a lot of pitchers go back and forth and back and forth. You know, you're, you're waiting, and Waters did have a late start this year because of an injury, but then a Waters was still waiting on the ground and drew Waters, but this is a guy – it's not unprecedented to see someone come from double A. Sometimes it's a late, you know, expanded roster call up in September. But this guy, he's the next big thing for the Braves and goes one for three in his debut in the loss of the Marlins when they only scored one run, lost four to one. But he does pass
1: the eye test in a tiny sample size. Yeah, he's 21. So again, give him some time. But he's going to have moments. And, and when he comes into his own, he's going to be another 5 tool guy for us. And, and right. Mike, defensively, you already saw it. He's great in the outfield. I mean, yeah. he, he can make plays. He,
2: like I said, he definitely looks the part. So now it's just a matter of do you temper your expectations or do you want to see him stick around? We'll see where it goes. And, you know, Rosario, there's a lot of elements in that outfield. But, man, th- this team is – got to be the most exasperating. The good news is you won the World Series. The bad news is you can't get out of your own way. And I don't know if you want to call it a hangover. They're just not playing with, you know what,
1: just call it what it is. They're not playing with poise. All right, guys, we're coming back. When we do we got another team in town that's got issues, mm. and we got to talk about it, and we will next. It is Dukes and Bell. Happy Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. Maybe you're back at work. Maybe you're still at home recovering. Mm. Either way, glad you're listening to Atlanta's number one sports station, its number one sports show, Dukes and Bell. Mike, I, I got a tweet from uh, an individual who basically claimed, and I'm saying this because we're about to talk about these guys, that, um, you know, we put the onus on Atlanta United when this year, this year. Um, this individual feels like they've not been worth watching. And as I responded, I said, tune in because they do have a lot of issues. I don't think Mike or I or anybody on this radio station has told you you have to watch Atlanta United, <laughs> okay? Right. Nobody said that. What we have said, and this just is from Mike and I's fandom of being a part of our community and going to these games and investing in our teams is go give it a shot if you want to give it a shot. Now, if you're a soccer hater and you don't like soccer, period, shut up. You don't deserve to be in this conversation. You can go away because you don't like soccer, and you're going to sit here and make an excuse for everybody who does or wants to give it a chance. So let's separate that. Now, if you are a soccer fan and you're going, this is not fun to watch right now, I don't think anybody that's an Atlanta United fan would disagree with you on that, Mike, because we are struggling. And then we find out today that we've got another injury to deal with as Ronald Hernandez is going to be out three to four months with an MCL. So the injuries just keep compiling up.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it's as bad as bad can be. I mean, they literally steal the opening kickoff force a corner kick and score in the first minute of the game. I mean, there's no more brutal way to start a soccer match if you're Atlanta United than that, and lose Hernandez in the process, and the scrum in front of the net. And then he tries to give it a go, and then that was all she wrote. Goose, Miles Robinson, obviously, Ozzy Alonso, who was brought in to be kind of a glue guy in the middle, Gutman. I mean, we're like for those who remember the 2018 Falcons, that's a year that uh, Debo went down. We had all these injuries. I mean, it was just one week week after another, guys were dropping, and, and the offense was still pretty good back then. It's the same deal for Atlanta. Now, the good news is, Carl, the attack is unbelievable. Joseph was still able to get back out there, which was cool. His first appearance since April... And and again, Almada. You can see why there was so much buzz about him coming up from uh, from uh, Argentina. Araujo. We got two of the most exciting players who will probably wind up in Europe in two years. But the rest of this team is well. It's a lot of stuff going on. We don't have our best goalkeeper. We don't have a lot of our be- We don't have our best defender. So it's just it's a struggle. And so now and the other thing which makes and I will in, for in defense of people who don't like MLS, the international breaks compared to our other big sports in America are hard to understand because now we don't play again for three weeks and we
1: go into it with an L. My biggest issue right now is what what this team's identity should be and what it is. I, I don't know what it is when I hear Gonzalo Pineda say we're not being us. What is being us at this point? This isn't 2018. Th- this, this isn't what it used to be, and I can't compare the former manager to what mm-hmm. we're doing now. It's unfair. What is this now? I think we're the same. I mean, I think there's
2: similarities to what we saw with Tata in the sense that the uh, sort of more open attacking style. I mean, the problem is we don't finish. We get these great moments where we had two opportunities at point-blank range, and guys, they shot it right in the goaltender's face. So we, we, we create opportunities, but we don't find a way to score as much as we should. So at the end of the day... The, the fans who are saying we're being too negative, again, it's, you, you get it from both sides, right, Carl, of this argument? Do. The guys who say we're being too negative say, oh, no, you can see it coming along. Jason Longshore will tell you it's coming along. And L is an L is an L. Now, the good news is, because the rest of the Eastern Conference is kind of doing the same thing, we're only three points out of the playoffs right now. One win. One win is three points. We're one win out of being back in the playoffs. But we've had so many of these matches where you got everything, Carl, but the win.
1: Possession, shot attempts, but you don't get the W. Ten games. Uh, what is it? 10 goals, last four games, one win. That's not enough. Period. That's not enough. So, I think the identity for me is an issue. Uh, I also think Mike would bother me just specifically about this weekend. was the level of urgency? I mean, it's almost like we turned it on late in this match, Mm -hmm. and then you know, the last few minutes in the 90 minute, we're getting all these opportunities and chances. We had 22 shots. Well, where, where was all that to begin the game? So, see, I feel like there are some fundamental things that are wrong. There's nothing we can do about Goose. nothing we can do about Miles, there's nothing we can do about Ronald Hernandez or any of these other guys that are out right now. If the message is to us that we've got enough to compete and we still have enough to be good, we're not being good. And that's what's bothering me, Mike, because that means something is fundamentally wrong hmm. with this team when you talk about the urgency and the consistency of this the makeup of this team and why we continue
2: to do what we do i won't make excuses because like injuries are a part of sports and injuries are part of every other team in mls but we have been decimated by injuries that's why i've referenced the 2018 falcons where we, we just lost it and again there were some other issues of that squad i just think carl there there is there are things which which work and there's things that just continuously don't work we create a tremendous amount of opportunities. And we've heard about chemistry, and the chemistry is coming because of the injuries and this and that. So we're creating the opportunities. But we're still not winning games. The defense mm. is a huge problem. Now again, I'm using basic terms, but I, I mean, if you want to say the center backs, the backs, we got problems. We give up goals. We always struggle with set pieces. We've struggled with set pieces since this team was founded in 2017. So that continues to be an issue. And to me, front end works pretty good. Back end doesn't work very well.
1: What do you guys think? Four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. Let us know. Text us. Tweet us. Um, Atlanta United gets a nice international break. We get a break. We play Miami June 19th. Before that, we will have an international match June 14th, guys, against the best team in Mexico, Mike. And, uh, listen, I don't even know what to expect there. Mm. The fact is we get some time to reevaluate, maybe work some of the kinks out, and hopefully come back a a little bit better. But the way that we lost this match to Columbus – it's just frustrating. And, you know, the Braves right now, frustration levels about the same with Atlanta United. Now, I'm not going to tell you they're on the same plane because we're coming off of a World Series win, which is absolutely incredible. But the frustration, just as a fan, I feel the same way. I mean, I'm like mm-hmm. watching them and then watching the Braves right now. Up, down, up, down. There's just no consistency in the play. No,
2: no as we said, I mean, for all the things, in, like when people say, look, we're close and things are coming, they're not lying, they're not being wrong, but it's still not translating to win. So that that's what's frustrating. The casual fan doesn't know, uh, you know, I mean, again, the, the folks who come in when we're winning and drift out when we're losing because MLS is still a, it requires a bit of sales for some of the folks. To your point about the negative Nellies out there, it's still an exciting brand of soccer for the most part. We're just not getting, it's not translating to victories.
1: All right, man, we'll talk more about uh, Atlanta United. Now, I will tell you, full disclosure, we're supposed to have Darren today, but because of this break, they are taking some time. So hopefully next week we'll get a chance to talk to not only Darren, but maybe uh, Carlos Bocanegra. We'll get a chance to to visit with the front office to get a feel for what we're going to do. Because, Mike, this next open window is what, early July, I think it is? We got to do something. I will say this:
2: we spend. You got the one thing about MLS is we're the team which maximizes the salary. Their version of the salary cap. There's never a problem with spending the money. Sometimes guys like Jurgen Dom come in; they don't work out, but they're always going to take the max. They're going to spend the max to get this right. Carl, if we could find some defenders, and I don't know how they do this because it's it's very convoluted because they have this. there's only X amount of international players and top-money guys you can bring in, but let's put our faith in Darren and Carlos Bocanegra to shore up what amounts to the middle and the back end of our team's roster when you're looking at the field from goal to
1: goal. Yeah, uh, I, I want to see more consistent play. I, I totally agree. And by the way, the Aruju to Brooks Lennon <laughs> – it possibly could have been the goal of the week, maybe the goal mm-hmm. of the year with the way that he, you know, Aruju yeah. made the pass. And you said it. he kicks it right to the goal to the boom they, he blocks it. Their goaltender yeah. had an amazing day. I think he had six or seven saves for Columbus. But, Mike, that play shows you is like, oh, it gets you excited. But you said it just not finishing. And then the one thing you did get an aging
2: star and Dom Dwyer and we had him on the show a couple weeks weeks amazing. Back. It's, it's what it's what you go to a soccer match to see, to see excellence, to see brilliance, to see that kind of amazing skill, the bicycle kick in the goal.
1: It's amazing stuff, but unfortunately, we we can't come off with a win or a draw. All right, man, more on this coming up. Uh, as we told you guys a few weeks ago when this all went down with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, we're just updating you, but coming up, we'll let you hear some of the audio because down in Destin, it's going down. Uh, and we're talking about the SEC coaches meetings, and Nick Saban was talking today and he said a couple of things, Mike, including, quote, I didn't say anybody did anything wrong. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, again, he said name, image, and likeness allows players to earn money through their endorsement deals, blah, 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 blah. But that, that's a little backtracking to me. I mean, you know, to say I didn't say anybody did anything wrong. No, Nick, you said they bought all their players. So this is the first time we've heard Nick Saban. I, I'm, I'm sure Jimbo's going to speak at some point, I'm guessing, because this is what they're down there for. I mean, they're, they're supposed to get together and talk about how they can make the conference better, what they need to do from coaching standpoint, athletic department standpoint. But this is something that's just lingering there, Mike. And I don't know if it, it goes away, maybe until the end of the season when these two guys play each other. Right. And that's all you can ask for.
2: By the way, the other thing over the weekend, I know we got a lot to cover because we got a late start coming to work after Memorial Day weekend. Did you see our boy Tank's knockout punch? I did.
1: I did see him knock out uh, uh, Romero. Romero. Yeah. yeah, and Romero was talking a lot. I mean, the lead up to this fight, <laughs> it, it was it was classic Rocky Three. It really was. So uh, a
2: young up and cover making a name, talking total smack. And I mean, as one guy said on Twitter today, where I, I reposted
1: the knockout. When you fall forward, Carl, in whoo- a knockout, you know you've been you've been punched out. Well, remember when Tank came on last week? Man of many words. Uh, you know when we asked him if he was he was going to knock him out, and he was like, "I won't predict that, but I just want to kick his butt. I just want to own this guy." And he did so. Tank is uh, remains undefeated. Yeah, Mike, I don't know if anybody's going to get close to this guy right now. I mean, it's just kind of what he's in the prime. He's rolling, rolling through all these guys. He's not running and ducking from fights. But yeah, it was good. If you missed that interview last week, he he came on and basically said, "I don't like this guy." And the way they were punching each other, it, it was obvious. Four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. We will talk about the NBA finals as well, guys. It is set: Celtics, Warriors. I think, as Mike said a couple of weeks ago, from the NBA standpoint. You're going to get good viewership, Mike. You're going to have people from all over the country that are interested in seeing what happens, and especially with Steph Curry and company now going, you know, you talking about Steph, Clay, and Draymond mm. going for their fourth ring now. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's
2: certainly the marquee matchup. We spoke with Steve Cooney last week uh, as a former executive for Turner. You know the guys at uh, ABC are stoked for this because it's, like, it's, it's two big brands. Celtics haven't won the championships in 2008. Got a first-year head coach doing an unbelievable job. And I think here in Atlanta, guys, I don't want to get it twisted. It's just when we had the uh, Al Horford experience here in Atlanta, he was always a solid piece. But now he's finally, after playing more playoff games than anybody, he's finally getting to an NBA Finals. We're happy for him. It wasn't his fault that the sum of the parts of the 15 team didn't equal a team that could beat lebron and the Cavs, so we're happy for the guy then there's no skin off my nose carl that horford's going
1: but we're kind of wishing he could have done
2: some of this when he was here
1: yeah he didn't have the two stars he's playing with mike i mean he didn't have a tatum or a brown with the hawks
2: hey, we've never had a tatum or
1: a brown here other than Neek, and yeah. what we have a little bit with trey right yeah man i mean he's playing with two of the best players and then add marcus smart to that what marcus does but he's playing with two of the best players right now in the nba and he's playing his role here we needed him to be tatum and he wasn't that dude we're coming back headlines next
0: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today this episode is brought to you by progressive
3: insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what
1: Lots of folks hitting us up about Atlanta United. Uh, I guess a lot of people feel the same way we do on the text line, uh, and rightfully so. Hey, man, uh, Mike was talking about Al Horford. And again, I'm not sure where you are. I I can be happy for a guy who leaves um, and and has success somewhere else. You know, to Mike's point, though, I I just think we wanted more from Al. And let's remember too, Atlanta. How did he leave here, Mike? Do you remember? Do you remember the whole Al Horford deal with how he was like, yeah, I want to go somewhere where the fans are... appreciate me. I yeah, his, his
2: dad. I think what created a little bit of uh, at least called animosity was when his uh, dad kind of popped off about him going somewhere where he'd be appreciated. I think that was the that was the gist of it.
1: Yeah. So I and
2: mean- I remember at the time I was like, yeah, because Boston, hey, they really they don't get upset about you know guys not maximizing their talent in
1: Boston, right? Well, that was a thing, yeah. man. I mean, you know, it was one. Of, it was a shot on the way out. Uh, he was a free agent. The thing, the thing with
2: that, the, the argument at the time was knowing that you probably were going to let Al go, or free. I mean, and this was well. Remember, there was this was the bootenholzer I'm running everything time, right? <laughs> yes. And then you basically <laughs> let him go, and you didn't get anything. He couldn't get a deal with Horford. Then we brought in you. Remember, we had Dwight Howard in studio telling us how he was going to give extra special effort here. I do. Uh, <laughs> so, And Horford signed a four-year. I think it was like 100 and something, 113, whatever. I, I, I got to look at it, it was a big deal with the, with the Celtics at the time.
1: No, it was, man. So, listen, I, I, like I said, I'm happy for Al. The problem is, as I said weeks ago on Twitter, we just never, we never got right. this out. Remember that he bounced around. He was with the Sixers. He was with the Thunder. Now he's back in Boston. That's right. That's correct. So, it took a little while. But, as I said, he wasn't playing with stars like these gotten mm-hmm. now. Two young studs. That are carrying him, and he's just having to play his role. 404 741 Turtle behind the glass. How was your weekend, by the way, Turtle? What's going on with you today, man? How you doing? Oh, it was absolutely phenomenal. There was beer. There was sun. There was margaritas. Yay. There was Top Gun. Oh, we got it in. Yes, sir. That sounds like a great weekend. Bo Morgan, executive producing. Speaking of that, he'll talk about Top Gun. Maverick coming up. Stay tuned for that. Right now, let's hit some headlines. Strap in, youngins. <laughs> The headlines with Dukes and Bell. All right, let's start with the Braves. Oh, these Braves, I tell you what, these Braves—they're driving us crazy. Now tonight it'll be Charlie Morton on the hill for the Braves. But yesterday, Mike, as we talked about, the frustrating thing is the mistakes keep piling up. And you know, you keep thinking we're going to be better in the field. We'll be better, better, better. Brian Snicker talked about Strider's uh, workload as a starter. Well, about we were—we talked about seventy pitches. Not and I didn't want to give him another batter, and he gets into a long count, and we just it was good right there at 70 where he'd been. Cause it's been a, a while ago that he went 69, I think. So and the last one was 46. So that that was we you know we talked to him before the game. If he I could give a 70, that'd be plenty. Hmm. 70. So Mike, they were going to pull him regardless. Um, right. And, and that's fine. Again, that has to do with, you know, the workload and building up the arm strength and all that stuff, being a starter versus being a reliever. You're not going to go in and throw 70 pitches as a reliever. Right. So, um, they were going to pull him. Guys, he will get another opportunity here, Mike, I, I hmm. think, as one of our fourth or fifth starters, however you want to view him, you know, depending yeah. on how the rotation shakes out. Look,
2: his stuff is so electric. And, uh, you know, again, I-, I think you and I would agree. Maybe he's going to work on more of the repertoire aside from the heat. But, you know, he- he- it's it's – I'll, I think I, maybe we'll do. A, if Chris wants to do a poll question, what's the best use of Strider? How about that, Carl? I love it. Uh, what do you think, Chris? I mean, because I'd say like he's, he's you're going to be your closer. This is a guy, and you and many closers have experimented with the starter role yes. as as rookies or in, over the course of their career. Some guys are starters like John Smoltz who become closers. So, I don't think there's a wrong or right way to get there right now because of some of the issues with the, at the end of the rotation they they've got these you know these opportunities for him i think he's going to be our next craig Kimbrell.
1: okay and, and i've said i don't like him as a starter he's been forced into uh, pressed into action there because of what's been going on um, but with this electric arm and if he is able to develop that that change up forget about it I mean, he's got a fastball on the side. If he, if he gets a changeup, forget about it. He's going to be nasty, filthy, as they right. say, and he's going to be very difficult to hit. We'll put the poll up at Dukes and Bell 929. Not knocking Strider, it's just how can he best help us right now? And I think that's the question the Braves are trying to answer. It doesn't mean that's the long term goal of the organization as to how they see right. Strider. Hey, man, Eric Spolster, Mike, everybody's talking about Jimmy Butler's jumper. It was a three with about 11.4 seconds to play in the game. He's got Al Horford on him. Now, if we were playing street ball and we needed a game point, I guarantee you Jimmy Bucket's taking Al Horford to the basket. Mm. But they're down. He's at home. He sees Horford. Horford, he could beat him off the dribble. And, Mike, he pulls up for the three-pointer. Everybody's questioning it. Eric Spolster said it was the right shot.
2: I thought it would have been an incredible storyline, you know, Jimmy, to to pull up and hit that three. And I thought it was –
1: I love that about Jimmy. That was the right the right look. And I just thought as it was leaving his hand, I thought for sure that was going down. Good, clean look. It's definitely better than anything um, that we could have designed. And uh, it's just a shame that it didn't end that way.
2: I mean, look, he's a man in the arena, right? That phrase has been used a lot. Teddy Roosevelt's phrase, Tom Brady uses it. Uh, I've never had a jump shot, Carl, and i never played in the NBA. So I don't want to challenge a guy, you know, for making that decision at that moment. But knowing where you are, knowing what you need, not – I, I mean, look, and his teammates – I like Butler. He says, look, man, I'm com- I'm comfortable with it. My teammates are comfortable with the shot I took. But you can certainly make the argument it wasn't the right
1: idea. Yeah, I, I, I was adamant about it wasn't for me. Just because tie the game – 11 seconds in the NBA. Guys, you know this. It's an eternity. With timeouts. Hey, get to the rack,
2: extend yes. the game. At that point, it'd be 16, 16, uh, 16 and a half seconds. Get to the rack, extend the game. I, I,
1: that's that's me. That's where I'm at. And I just, I thought it was the wrong shot. Now, Jimmy Butler had a hell of a year. He got robbed of being all NBA. But, I, you know, Eric Spolster, his coach, is going to back him up. We'll see how they retool Mike. Because, again, we thought they had everything to get there. And then they meet this juggernaut who got hot in the second half of the season in the Celtics. And now the Celtics are moving on. Hey, Mike mentioned it. Dom Dreyer's bicycle kick was one for the ages. You could go to 70 soccer matches and never see this. And you got a chance to see it over the weekend. Now Mata off the throw, bouncing it to the right wing, Moreno. Moreno ahead to Lennon along the far touchline. Atlanta United trailing 2-0 in stoppage time, though. Moreno again, dribbling forward, popping it into the box. Here's a header that glances wide and then sent back across the face. of goal! And it goes into the net! Atlanta United finds a goal in the second added minute. And now we have an incident in the net as Don Dwyer is trying to get the ball back for the kickoff. Yeah, he was like, "Give me that! Give me that! Give me that!" And their goalie was like, "Get out of my face!" It was great, man. Right. Uh, but the bicycle—they <laughs> want to get the ball incredible. out of
2: the net. They're trying to get the ball out oh, of the yeah. net as quickly as possible. A couple guys also brought up the fact that when you're on the road, if you're Columbus, to get a goal in the first minute, to steal the kickoff, you know, the, the kick, opening kick, and then it convert uh, a corner kick. Now you, your whole strategy changes. Now you can do a lot of things and sit back. And now Atlanta's got to force it. So again, to get down to nothing, to at least get a chance to get a draw but the die you could argue was
1: cast, Carl, in the first minute of play. It was, uh, and you were behind the eight ball. Hey, guys, SEC uh, coaches' meetings going on down in Destin. We've been talking about this. We're going to talk more about it at 4 o'clock, but apparently they're looking towards the future. Everybody is. When Oklahoma and Texas joins the SEC, what's the format going to be as far as schedules? So the SEC is going to discuss both an eight- and nine-game schedule model at its spring meetings this week, Mike. So we know this is something that's got to get figured out. You don't have to do it right now, but you got to have a plan. And everybody says, all right, is it easier to go nine games? Do you want to see nine conference games for your SEC yes. team?
2: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, man, like, again, as a, if you're a booster, if you're content with watching East-West Pudwacker State come in and take their beating and their $800,000 or whatever it is check, Carl, okay, I'd rather pay good money to see good football. And I think the strength of the schedule stands on its own if you even take a loss in the SEC by all measurables, okay, especially with an expanded playoff field. If we ever get there with the playoff committee, you're fine. So I don't think you're going to shoot yourself in the foot by some good teams perhaps getting tripped up in a good SEC competition by an extra game.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is they want that common opponent each season, right? And, and mm-hmm. with the rotating schedule of seven games, which is what they've done, um, you add the ninth game and, and it allows you some more flexibility. They'll right. figure it out guys, but it is something they're hey, talking about. And I
2: hate something that would ever take away a Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State type game too. But And, and who knows in the, in the, in where the days we live in, but I still think nine. You've seen other conferences go to it. SEC needs to jump on it.
1: All right, guys. It's Dukes and Bell. Headlines brought to you by ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well. I mean, 10. Not just nine, Carl. I want 10 games. 10-game ten conference schedule. Well, it might have to. It might go to that, Mike. If you want these teams to play each other more frequently, it might be that. I mean, the, the eight-game schedule, I just don't think it works when you add two more teams to the conference. All right, coming up. He says, either I get a deal. Or I don't. Either way, I'm at peace. We'll tell you who we're talking about coming up.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?